What's up, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the FanCast Live podcast. I'm yours truly, John Carlo, your host. Joining me today is Jamie Hollywood Barrett. We decided to come on and chit-chat and do some New York Rangers and utilize the New York Giants because, quite honestly, the New York Giants fucking season is over, Jamie. Uh, the Giants sit at 2-8. and eight. Uh, They're an awful, 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 awful team offensively, under 12 points a game on the season. Um, the injuries obviously have, have had a big effect on the New York Giants. Daniel Jones now being out. Tyrod Taylor also being out. Uh, Tommy DeVito has been announced as the Week 11 starter. So we can expect a lot more, um, you know, a lot more of the shit show that we've seen the uh, first 10 weeks of the season here. Uh, I am... I'm dumbfounded with the New York Giants as far as they as they, as, as I'm concerned. Uh, I, I just I don't even know where to begin. I, I mean the yeah. the Giants' offense obviously has been terrible. The defense has been up and down. Uh, lately, you've been seeing a lot of bickering on the sidelines. That's taken a toll on the team. Uh, a lot of people thinking that you know Brian Dable's lost a locker room. Maybe he has. Maybe he hasn't. But. Quite honestly, this has been a trend with head coaches with the Giants. The last three, four coaches, obviously, two and out. And, you know, and there are some people saying that Dable's on the hot seat. Um, I don't know if he should be. I think he's I, I think he's probably the best coach we've had in the last six years, quite honestly. Uh, if there's going to be any changes, it's probably got to be offensive coordinator. It's got to be offensive line coach. Um, that, that's That's where I would start if you're going to start firing people. It wouldn't be Dable, and it wouldn't be Wink Martindale. What do you say about the New York Giants right now? Oh, man, we're, we're turning into the Jets. Like, it's uh, it's just weird. I mean, since 2015, when we had that playoff, you know, we lost the playoff game to Green Bay. We did have that win last year, which we, we all remember. But we've been a dysfunctional franchise, and what's happening right now is just looks all too familiar. Um, so it's like, you know, last year was a nice change of pace. Like you got excited and then you're kind of going back to familiar territory, unfortunately, where you're mediocre and you're not playing meaningful football. And, you know, it's before Thanksgiving, you really don't care to watch what's happening. It's, it's, it's really sad. Um, you know, in terms of Dable, I like him. Um, and Joe Shane, I like him too. I mean, we can't let go of a coach um, with a quarterback that isn't his guy. And we know that Jones is not his guy. You know, he got the most out of Jones. I think Joe Shane gave him a chance. Uh, He outperformed uh, his previous three years on his fourth year. And in the current NFL, you have to pay quarterbacks to hope that they're going to live up to their contract. It's not like baseball where you're paying for the past. You know, you're paying Aaron Judge all this money, but it's really for appreciation for what he has done. And, you know, the last few years of the deal aren't going to be any good. I mean, it's not like that in the NFL. You're you're really almost paying for the future and hoping it pans out. That's what the Chiefs do with Mahomes. That's what Seattle did with Wilson. And that's what a lot of these teams are doing. Burrow and all these big quarterbacks that get these deals. So, um, you know, I think the Giants were in a position where they had to do it. Now everybody's saying and wish they hadn't do it. I, I understand, but uh, he's on our he's our quarterback. 
you know, next year he's going to be on the roster and he's probably going to start week one. I mean, we'll get into the fact I think we do have to draft a quarterback. I think we will. How but much, I mean, how much does John Mara have to do with Daniel Jones being the quarterback here and with the New York Giants? Um, because a lot of people say that he had a lot of say and a lot of input on that. And, and it, I, it, it's a good point. But at the end of the day, the GM has to make the decision, and that was Dave Gettleman. Um, yeah, because we were under the impression that when Joe Shane was hired, that he was going to get full autonomy of this of of this of this right. roster and and all the decision making, and. Before he knew it, we were signing Daniel Jones. I mean, a lot of us wanted Daniel Jones to come back after the season he had last year. Right. I mean, quite honestly, I don't think he had that great of a season. I think he had a good enough season to be the starting quarterback of the New York Giants. But should the Giants have signed him to a long-term deal? Should they? Maybe a lot of people say. I mean, it's like people second guessing. Maybe they should have franchise tagged him and and given the money and a long-term deal to Saquon Barkley. I mean, of course. You know, he's injury prone. Uh, but listen, as soon as he won that playoff game, the price went up. I mean, you, you can't – if Daniel Jones wins a playoff game and you don't re-sign him, that sends a message to a lot of teams in the league that, you you know, that you're not taking care of your players. And one thing about Daniel Jones is he's a leader. He's, a, you know, he's always, you know, at practice contributing and, and leading the group. He's well-respected as a leader and, and a man in the room. And – I think it would be very hard for the team to swallow, especially Saquon as well, if Daniel Jones did not get compensated for his year last year. And yes, they won a lot of close games. The schedule was easier. You know, that's the been, that's been a big a difference, though. That's been a big difference between last year and this year. Last year they were winning those close games. This year they haven't even come close. No, nah, it's been it's been a very big uh, it's been a very big rewind, and I think. It's come down to the same problems. Um, it's been the offensive line has not been able to protect, or they've been hurt. Um, you know the defense. You know I, I. I don't. I don't think the defense has played that bad. When the offense only scores nine points, ten points a game, I can't even. I can't get on the defense. They're on the field all the time. They're defeated. You know I'm not gonna. I mean, does Will Wink Martin Martindale stay next year? I don't know, but I mean it's. You know, for, the defense is a capable middle-of-the-road defense at worst. I mean, they are not – they're a better defense than a lot of teams. I mean, if they had an elite offense, you know, we could be a playoff team. But right now, our offense is, you know, we're 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 a collegiate-level offense, not even. I mean, we don't have a quarterback that can, you know, make the reads, get the ball down the field you know, run the offense. You know, we don't have an offense right now. We're we're taking care of the football, not trying to make a turnover and trying to keep games close. Um, you know, we have young players. I think the, the, the bright side of the offense, we have young players, Hyatt, Robinson, um, you know, and some offensive linemen are, are young that, that could be big contributors for us in the future. But I think the writing's on the wall, Giancarlo. It's, you know, Daniel Jones, this is his fifth year, you know, and it's, it's injuries or it's poor play, and then it's one season of kind of a magical run, and he has all the intangibles. He has the size. He has the athleticism. But, again, we talked about it. It's the spidey senses are not there. And in today's NFL, you got to put up 30. And even when Daniel Jones was playing his best, we weren't putting up 30 very often, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember the last time the Giants averaged even 20 points a game. I, I don't either. In a season, it's, because the last few, few, the last few years that we've been we've been on this podcast, 
I think the Giants were like around 17, 16, 15. You're not going to win NFL games scoring 15 to 17 points a game. You're just not going to do it. Yeah. Last year, they probably got away with it because they, they, they were able to, you know, keep uh, – you know, opposing offenses off the field a little longer. But this year, they're just tremendously bad on third downs defensively yeah. and offensively. And then another point that I haven't heard mentioned is that, you know, Daniel Jones with his bad neck last year with the Dallas game, he tries to run through two guys at the goal line. He, My guess is he may have had a spinal fusion. I don't know what type of surgery he had, but it, it definitely, that was a tremendous blow to the spinal cord that he had. So you're worried about that and the hits he can take there. And now his leg... And his knee. Now, you know, ACLs, you can recover from an ACL, but it's he's not going to be the same runner. I mean, if he's our quarterback next year, he ain't going to be doing much. He ain't going to be running, and he's never been like a real, you know, twitchy, fast cutter like Lamar Jackson. But, you know, is he going to be hesitant to run? Yeah, probably. So, you know, I think Daniel Jones right now, it's safe to say, if I were a betting man, this is next year is going to be his last year on the roster. You know, he's going to have his guaranteed money. And then you can cut them, but it, it looks like once again, it seems like we, you know, this has to happen again. We have to, you know, turn the page. Well, the good thing um, is that the Giants left themselves, you know, uh, a, a, an out on this contract after year right. two, and quite honestly, they're going to have to keep him on the roster next year. Otherwise, they take that dead, dead, uh, dead hit. Um, when he's healthy, he'll come back. Maybe he'll play. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But I believe that after next year, I think Daniel Jones is done as a New York Giants quarterback. Oh, 100 yeah, yeah, I don't think they're going to end up paying him. He'll be a, he'll be a backup. I mean, he's gonna he will be a capable backup. I mean, you know, Josh Dobbs is is playing well for Minnesota, and he played well at Arizona. I thought he's played. I mean, jo I mean, Jones is he's better than Zach Wilson. I mean, he's he's capable quarterback. So. And there are there is a market for backups, but he's gonna get his money, um, you know. And he's played hard. I mean, I don't dislike him in any way, but you know, it's a results business. And you know, we want to we want to be fighting for a division title. We want to sniff the end zone there. You know, the Eagles have a roster that's ready to win now, but they're getting a little older. They've done well in the draft. The Cowboys, you know, who knows how long their window is? So there's an opportunity for us with a new quarterback that can move the ball and maybe some work on the offensive line, which we, we will get everyone healthy. Hopefully, you know, you've seen teams like the Houston Texans, you know, quickly turn it around. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. The giants won't be competitive, even if they have a rookie come in halfway through, um, you know, so I think the giants are going to probably be in the first three picks. I mean, who's Is there anybody worse than the giants? I mean, maybe, well, um, Kyla Carolina. Back. Kyla Murray's got, back with Arizona. There's a good chance that they, they might just win won. a few more games. And they just, yeah, yeah. Kyler Murray. I mean, he has a big contract, and you know, he's playing for his future. Uh, so he won a game by himself last week. So, I mean, the, the Cardinals might be. You know, they've been a spunky team all year, regardless. I know that their record was one and eight, but they almost beat us. They beat Dallas, and a couple of teams have. You know, they gave a run for their money. So. You know, it's they're gonna win. I mean, the Patriots. I mean, do you think Belichick squeaks out a win here and there? Probably. Uh, and the Carolina stinks, but you know that's gonna be the Bears' pick. The Bears have a quarterback, and they'll probably move on from Fields. And the Giants are looking at probably a two or a three pick right in that mix. And if the Giants the get Giants, a top three pick, what are you doing with that pick? 
you're getting a quarterback. It's 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 not of a debate. I mean, I I personally love Michael Penix, but the experts love Drake May and Caleb Williams. So I think I've seen Caleb Williams play. I think he's outstanding. I think he has a poor offensive line. I think USC has no defense. He has to score 45 points a game to win. I mean, I don't think I think with an NFL defense that can get off the field, I think he's going to have a lot more. I think he's going to be a very good pro from from everything I've seen. Penix has got uh, an injury history. Do you do you trust Penix? him taking him in the top three picks? Penix? Yeah. Um, he, I mean, the uh, the so-called experts are going to probably say he's not number three overall. He's probably in the 20s. But, like, how many times have we seen quarterbacks taken in the 20s that are like, wow, they're so great? Like, I mean, so and Bryce Young was one, and then C.J. Stroud is outplaying him, and he's probably better. And he was great in Ohio State last year against the Georgia Bulldogs. I thought he was the MVP of that game, and we almost lost. So, so I like out of those, out of those three quarterbacks you just named. Do you you don't think that all three will go in the top five picks? I don't know. It's hard to say because there's a lot of movement, and I I, I personally love Penix because if the Bears have my, the number one pick, they're taking Caleb Williams, right? They're gonna, they're going to take Caleb Williams, and that's going to be the Carolina pick, and then the next pick is probably going to be us. Um. You figure Chicago, they they did win another game, so I, I think it's going to be probably Chicago is going to have what two picks in the first what five three three yeah two picks in the first like four like three yeah I think it's, it's I think they'll have the the number one pick and the fifth pick I think right yeah uh, if, and if maybe less mistaken. they might take Marvin Harrison Jr. who's who's his dad we remember was a Hall of Famer for the right. Colts that that um, was going to be my next suggestion if the if 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 he falls to the Giants. Do you take him with the first with the with your first round pick, and then wait for the quarterback later? Being that Penix might fall to here's the second an interesting, round. Here's an interesting take: the Giants have two second round picks. They got a Leonard Williams second round pick. They got right, right, um, and they got him from I forgot what team he went to. Who? Leonard Williams. Williams. He went yeah. to the Seahawks. Seahawks. So they're going to be a middle of the road pick, and the Giants' number two pick is going to be second round pick is going to be high. If the Giants package both of those second round picks to move up in the first round, and they can get Penix at like twenty four, uh, or where Seattle's going to be, and they can maybe exchange picks, or maybe a team like Minnesota, um, you know, they may actually make a run at the playoffs, or a team like Detroit Lions that may want extra picks. I mean, there there are there may be other teams. Steelers, you know, maybe in the in the tweener range that don't really need a quarterback. Baltimore, maybe the Giants move up in the twenties uh, and trade those two second round picks and maybe a first next year. I mean, there's there's ways to move up. Um, that's possible. I do love Penix. He does have injuries, but um, the NFL is very good at protecting quarterbacks. Now they've had injuries this year, Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins. That's kind of fluky. It doesn't really happen. You know, a lot of these players, you know, these quarterbacks, I mean, Brady got injured once uh, his whole career. Uh, a lot of these quarterbacks don't really get hurt. Mahomes gets nicked up, but he's fine. You know, Lawrence is, you know, Herbert. A lot of these young and Josh Allen, the way he plays, you figure he'd miss a lot of games. He really doesn't. So it's been a little bit of a freak accident with the quarterbacks this year. Uh, he's got the injuries out of the way. You can argue his knees might be stronger now than they were before the surgery. Um, I just love the way he plays the game, how he leads the team. He's also 23. He's a senior. 
So he's he's NFL ready right now. Uh, you know, Drake May, I've I've seen good things on tape from him. I've watched him a little bit. Are um, any of these quarterbacks generational talents? Caleb Williams might be. Um, he's 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 amazing. He won the Heisman last year. They just don't play any defense this year, and I think Lincoln Riley has done a terrible job coaching the defense. So, and it's also hard to win the Heisman two times in a row. I think Caleb is looking for the NFL. I don't think he's really mentally. It happens with a lot of QBs. You win your sophomore year, and then you're like, just don't get hurt for the draft. You know, try to make some highlight plays when you can. But I think Caleb Williams is is, a, is an ex- exceptionally talented quarterback in terms of size, speed, uh, his strength. He can throw anywhere else. I just like Penix because the way he leads his offense, and he th- he's very, very lethally accurate, and he's very elusive. And I think he's a great pocket passer with just enough mobility. I think he's like Tua with like a little bit more escapability, left-handed, similar throwing motion. So I like Penix a lot. The experts might have him, you know, in the 15, 16, 20 range to me, I think he's my favorite quarterback. Um, but I think the other two that are at the top, I think are, are, you know, have pretty good ratings. So it's a gamble, you know, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you, you hit one, you don't hit another, uh, you know, Josh Rosen was a boss. Sam Darnold wasn't any good. Um, you know, and you can argue that in that draft, you know, Lamar Jackson was what is, was the best and Kyler Murray was first. So, it's hard to it's hard to to predict these things. Or that might have been Mayfield was number one that year. So yeah, you're taking a risk no matter what, but it's a risk you have to take. Daniel Jones, like he is so unreliable in terms of health. And then when he is healthy, he's not he's not really energizing. He's not throwing the ball all over the place. He doesn't feel he doesn't feel the game as well as he really should. So. When you're six I, over, I still think oh, he's got a be... major issue going through his projections. He's just he's yeah. just not seeing the field like a normal quarterback, you know, a, yeah, I mean, a star you know, quarterback he, he... would. He just yeah. doesn't. I mean, how good is the Houston Texans offensive line? They were one of the worst teams in the league last year. I mean, you can't. I mean, you you have to feel the pressure. He's led the league in fumbles. I mean, you know, I'm just CJ Stroud is having such an amazing season though as a rookie. He's a winner. He's a winner. He's a big game player. And he's picking it up. And, you know, Jones, as talented as he is, I mean, sometimes you just you don't have it. You know, Sam Darnold was a was a extremely high prospect. He didn't really pan out either. So, you know, I think it's time. I think if the Giants are up there, they're going to get a QB no matter what, because I think Joe Shane and Dable, they want their job security. And they're you know, they're very you know close. And it's I, I think it's. To bring in a new GM and not give him a chance to get a QB, that would be that that would be an owner's, you know, butt in that I think would be very very costly. I, I mean, that's that's the reason why I just don't see Joe Shane and and Brian Dable being fired after year two here. I I, I just think it's to, it, it's it, it's yeah. not a good thing to do because you quite honestly you've been through this way too many times in in the last six yeah. years. We can't have coach. this again. You yeah, can't start with coach. another. Can't start with another GM. Can't start with another coach. No. Start another. You know, start to rebuild another roster. Just stick with these guys and see where yeah. they lead you. Let's let let's let, let go. Let let's, Saquon go to a contender. You've been great. They should have traded him. They should have traded yeah. him. They should have. I think that Saquon, Adoree Jackson, uh, Xavier McKinney. You can argue he's looking. I mean, those are all guys, and I think McKinney has a lot of upside. But those are all guys. 
you know, you're telling me they wouldn't want to play in a contender. I mean, so I think there's so many you know, running backs in the draft that you can go and get in the second round, third round, yeah. fourth round, and still get the same kind of performance out of them. Kenneth Walker have on to, the Seahawks, third round pick. Kamara, third round pick. Uh, Damon Pierce on the you. Texans, fourth round pick. I thank mean, you. how many you can get anyway? Tony Pollard, he wasn't on the Cowboys. He's not a first round pick. I mean, how many of these guys are first round picks? McCaffrey, he's not on the same team he started. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook, he's fading away a little bit. Um, you know, Barkley, I mean, he's. Todd Gurley, I mean, these first-round running backs, it's it's a risk. I mean, B. John Robinson, he's he's on, you know, the the, the Falcons, and the, they don't have a quarterback. So, I mean, so they have Desmond Ritter. Like, you could have taken a quarterback, possibly. You didn't. So, you know, what are we going to do now? I, I mean, either, you don't think the, the uh, Falcons would have liked Will Levis? I mean, he looks pretty good for the Titans. He's, he's had some good starts. So, you got it. When you have that chance to do it, you have to take it. And if you know that you got something special, you see some 30-point games, you see some 340-yard games. When is the last time we had an a, 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 an admirable stat line from a QB? Eli did that. He had many games, but even his were still not at the top level. But we, I just want to see a stat line one time, maybe 25 for 40, 315 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. That would be... Those that are, would be those nice. Those are winning stat lines. Those those would be nice. We don't but have. We that. haven't you seen that. that since Eli Manning has left. Yeah. Uh, how many times? How many times has uh, has um has he thrown for over three hundred yards in the last maybe maybe years? a handful of times? He had a couple of big games. I think he had five touchdowns against the Commanders or, or the Redskins. If the, I mean, I think one or two games, but not the, many. The playoff game against Minnesota. Yeah, and you know, so there's been moments of brilliant football but in ter- and, and even even that second half at arizona you're like wow that Where was really impressive from yeah exactly but then it, there's it's the turnovers um it's the bad luck with injuries it's just you got to put up you got to do it on a consistent basis as a first round pick so the offensive line too is in shambles man i evan neal yeah it, it, more he's looking more and more like a bust right now i'm hoping that's not the case but the deal. injuries with the offensive line this year—it's not just the New York Giants; it's just, it's across the NFL. I—I've seen—I—I've I, never seen so many offensive linemen go down with knee injuries, calf injuries, hamstring injuries. Yeah. I've never seen this. What? It's been—it's been rough. I—I I don't know what's going on in the NFL right now. I don't know what these guys are eating. I don't know what they're drinking. I don't know what they're taking. But there is a lot of injuries across the board, all throughout the NFL, and it's crazy. How many players have gone down with injuries this year? As far as offensive linemen are concerned, it's it's I I just I I yeah. can't I can't put a finger on it. It's been one of those years. Then the QBs as well, uh, Cousins and, and Rogers. Those are two you know top ten quarterbacks in the league. They're gone for the year, and now you got to suffer. You know, watching you know the Jets now on prime time every week, and it's it's tough. It's tough for the league. Um, you hope that none of these things continue to happen. I mean, people sometimes say it's the turf, but I think the turf is being adjusted. It's just tough. Um, uh, so hopefully that doesn't happen. And, you know, you make a good point with, you know, the injury history with Penix. I mean, that could play a factor. But, you know, Frank Gore, you know, tore his ACL twice, one in high school, one in college, bad, badly. And he ended up playing for 17 years. You really don't know. And Nick Chubb, he had catastrophic injury in college, came back, 
had a consistently great career, and then he had that catastrophic injury this year. I don't know if he, he'll be back the same this time, but it's uh, you know, but players do come back. Um, but it's the value of that pick. We learned the hard way with Saquon. I mean, as as great of a giant as he is, I mean, you just cannot take a skill position player at that position. You and if you take a wide receiver, you better have a surefire quarterback that's going to get to the Pro Bowl or take you to the playoffs. And we don't have it, so I think you got to take a QB and, man and an offensive line to protect them too. And I think you take those second round picks and you take two linemen, take the best two linemen available, defensive linemen. Get in the trenches. You're going to probably. You know, um, you know, you probably lose, you know, Boogie Basham, some of these other free agents. They'll probably go by the wayside. You're going to have to get some depth there. Build the trenches, get a QB, and the skill position players will flourish because they'll have more time to to make plays. So Giants have at the Commanders versus the Patriots, Monday night against the Packers, at Saints, at Eagles, home against the Rams, and home against the Eagles to finish the season. How many games? How many more games do you think they'll win? Now, when I originally predicted the season, I had them winning a lot of those games. I had the Giants, I think, starting maybe three and five, and then kind of coming back a little bit toward the end. I mean, we have Tommy DeVito and you know Don Bosco Prep. I mean, shout out to them. Um, I mean, it's. We, we don't have an offense. John Carlos, I, we, I, don't, I, we don't I have, have an offense. I have no confidence in the Giants whatsoever. Like I, I, don't, I don't see. Me personally, I really don't think the Giants will win another game this year. I don't know. I like, Sam, really like the Giants think. seem to have Washington's number. I don't. Mm-hmm. It, it could be bad coaching for Ron Rivera, but at the same token, they almost beat Philly every time. Yeah, and, they, and, and they we tra- can't beat Philly. So. And they just traded their two best defensive linemen. And, and... Yep, they traded Chase Young and Sweat. And, you know, they're. I think they're going to go on a full-blown rebuild, and there might be some dissension in the locker room. But you know, that's a team that's got some players. Sam Howell, you know, he has a lot to play for. He, he's a, a fourth-round pick maybe. He's definitely not a high-round pick. But he seems to be playing well. He seems to be capable. Um, and the Commanders blew the game against us. I mean, they, they made some terrific penalties and, and didn't get the job done. So, And I think we're going – are we on the road at Commanders or are we home for that one? We are on the road. I mean, I, I, if I, Vegas may have that game. There, I mean, I think the Commanders have to be favored by three points. It, it might be more. It might be more because – it's a division game, and the defense may show up big, and Thibodeau may have a big game. What, but would you say? Would you say the line was? I said it was three, but let me guess, six. <laughs> it's eight and a half. Eight and a half. Wow. Okay, so that means the Giants are getting blown out. I mean, in a division game, if you have Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, that spread is two points or three points. The over under. The over game. under is thirty-seven and a half. Yeah, so it's going to be twenty-four to nine. I mean, basically, is what you're saying, and. Yeah, I mean, I th- we can't move the football. They don't take shots downfield, and I can't blame because when you have a third string quarterback who's off the practice squad, you know, you can't you can't expect them to do that. Um, I mean, Devito, I wish him the best. Um, let him sling the rock. I don't care if he throws interceptions. To be honest with you, I mean, if there's anything there, you have to know now. So just let him sling it around. I mean, who's our who's our backup? Matt Barkley. Matt, Matt Barkley may get some playing time too. Um, 
He was if a very if DeVito high struggles. Pick. I don't see why not. But I mean, he still has to. He is, he still has to learn a playbook. He's only been here what two weeks. I know. Not even Tommy D. I don't know. It's um. It's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty brutal uh, next few weeks. I tell yeah, tell him might be back in a, in a week or two. I don't know. New he, England is gonna be an interesting game because New England has a lot of problems and they don't have a quarterback either. You know, and then you got Belichick defense and their special teams. You think has the edge, but there's a lot of dissension. I think, you know, Belichick is probably this is going to be his last year. And there's rumors he may coach the Chargers, or he may coach the Bills, he is, or he may coach he somewhere else. He is 72 years old. He is not fucking coaching another team beyond the Patriots. I, I mean, don't know. I'm sorry. I don't think he's I don't, done. I don't think he's done. He's 72. Enough is yeah, enough already. Yeah, but I don't think. I mean, Pete Carroll is old too. I think he's older than that, but. And he's he's kind of he's got that young chipper no, thing Carroll, going. I so. think is still in his sixties. He's is he? close to seventy. I don't think he's seventy yet. Yeah, it would be nice if Belichick came back to the Giants and coached. Oh Arby's. my God! Here we go. Oh, every everybody on Twitter or or X should should we say is talking about how Belichick is coming coming to to, to coach the Giants. It's not happening. I don't, like I, I, want the like head I coach. said, the dude is 72 years old. He's done. He's finished. He doesn't want to come here to build another team. He doesn't want to do that. If he's going to continue no, coaching at the age of 72, he's going to want to go to a team that's already built and ready to go. I would say the Chargers or the Bills would be the teams. Because they, they need well, a new coach, the, the and they Bills both just, have a lot of pieces. The Bills just uh, fired their offensive coordinator a day that after losing that, Monday night. That's They, they got to fire that. Their coach never gets it done. Their coach is not a big-time coach. He never gets it done. I, I don't think the offensive coordinator. Now you want to blame him for 12 men on the field, but how many close games? How many? Well, you know what Josh, I don't get about that firing is if the Bills hang on and win that game, do you still fire fucking Dorsey? No. Uh, no. Why would you fire him? I just I just don't get why they fired him. They have I, to I, do something, and I think that coach is going to be gone. Um, I think he's I don't I think he's an overrated coach. He's regressed since Dable left. They've he's regressed as a quarterback. I think that's fair to say. Interesting. Because before because, I never really thought about that. Yeah, I mean, because he had that big game. They almost beat the Chiefs, and the Chiefs screwed it up at the end. That was a brilliant performance by Allen. Since Dable left. Came to the Giants. I mean, Allen's been leading the league in turnovers, I think, for a while. I mean, he he gift wrapped the Jets game. That was that's a game you have to win. I mean, the Bills are a team that they could be eight and two right now, easily. Should but be. They should, they be, should but be. They're not. But they're I think they're poorly coached and they got too many injuries to big players on defense. And I think, I think they're, they're running, gonna, I think they're running way too many of the same plays over and over and over. And they again. never have a running game. They have a good running back and cook. And it's like they they don't they just don't balance it out. They let Allen run around, take and what hits. did they do Monday night? They ran and ran and ran the ball because they wanted to take time off the clock and win the game. Yeah. I and mean they, they they heave ho down the field and you know Hits off five people's helmets up. There's a turnover. Yeah, oh well, not enough for nothing. Allen's been giving up. He's been tossing up a lot of interceptions this year. Yeah, so. he's like Brett Favre. It's really what he he reminds me. Of. Like he's more athletic, uh, I think, but he reminds me he's very careless with the football. Um, very, very. And careless. that is a tough way. It's a that's a tough thing to do. So I think that team is one coach away. And same with the Chargers. That coach stinks. I mean that that team is loaded with talent. They never win the the games they're supposed to win. If that team had a big-time coach, they're a playoff team easily. I mean, they got everything that you would want. So, 
with the Giants, it's like we're so far removed from com- competitive football. It's just so sad. It's like, so sad that it's like I'd love to be the Raiders. Even, and the even the Raiders like are com- like at least they compete in games. Like the Raiders stink, but I I you know at least I don't they got think any, I don't think they, any of those like, players wanted to play for Josh McDaniel. I no. no matter where he goes, he's just not he's not been a good he's head just, coach. He doesn't have the personality. He's, he's kind of an ass. He's kind <laughs> of an ass. I know it all. Patriot, Super Bowl, look at me. Uh and you you know, he, he drafted Tim Tebow. I mean, that's all you need to know. It's like I want Tebow. Well How long before the Patriots rehire him as offensive coordinator? Of course they will. <laughs> Come on. You know Bill O'Brien's uh, gonna uh, go to another college team. He's gonna go I don't know if he'll go to Penn State or he'll go to somewhere. Um, he may coach an SEC school. Um, you know, he may go to Auburn. I mean, who knows? And then, the, of course, McDaniel's laid back. Come on, are you kidding? If Bill Belichick is there, McDaniel's, Joe Judge, uh, and you know Matt Patricia and everybody else will have you know an invite. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know, but Belichick's probably not going to be back. I don't think so. You think he gets uh, he gets to coach the remainder of the year? Yeah, I think he should. Co- I think he's going to coach the remainder of the year, but I think he's probably going to. I think they'll mutually part ways. Yeah. Um. All right. Enough with that shit. Uh, I'm yep. so fucking depressed just talking about the New York Giants. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah, a real it. fucking team now, Let's Jamie. Go. New York Rangers. Holy fucking yep. shit! Eleven two and one. A great start to the to, to the season. Uh, they're third in the league in points with twenty three. It's just mind-boggling how good the New York Rangers have been thus far in this season. Is I I just don't get. It. I don't know where it's coming from because quite honestly, last year and we talked about this so many times. They started what 10, 11, or eleven. I think it was 10? Ele- I think it was eleven and ten. Yeah. Yeah. And we spoke the other day, and and I mentioned on text that had the Rangers started this way last year, they probably win the division. Hmm. You know, and, 100%. and they've, they've gotten off to a hot start with the Devils being, you know, um, a team that's regressing right now because their top two forwards are out in uh, in Hughes and um, he's here. Exactly. And they're struggling. They I think they've lost three in a row now. They lost to the Winnipeg Jets last night. But they got their asses handed to them. And the the, the Rangers being with without their you know, top their top three players in um in Hedo, Igor's out. You know, Adam Fox and Igor Shesterkin is out. I know he's back to practice, so that's a good sign. He might be able to start uh Saturday against the Devils. You know, the Rangers get a, a you know, a six day break here, a five day break here in between games. I know every team supposedly has some kind of like bye week, but That's interesting. This is, yeah, you this told is me not, that. This is not a bye week for the Rangers. It just so happens that on the schedule they have a five-day period of rest in between games, which is fine because you're you're trying to get Hedl back. I don't think he started skating yet. I know Fox started skating. I know Igor has been practicing. Hedl just – I'm, I'm not quite sure exactly what the time frame for him to start skating is going to be. Um, but even without those three players – you know, Jonathan Quick has stepped up. He's done pretty well in net. He's done a lot better than I thought he was going to do after the you know the uh, the preseason that he had. Um, 
Trocheck. You know, Trocheck moves up to the second line, and that second line has just been outstanding. With Lafreniere yeah. finally coming into his own. Uh, yeah. I mean, how many times have we spoken about Laffy on this podcast and we're we're talking about how we're waiting for him to break out. We're waiting for him to break out. <clears throat> I, I think Laffy has finally broken out. Yeah. And what I got to correct what are you seeing out of the, how, What are you seeing out of the New York Rangers right now that's 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 bringing a lot of success to this team? <clears throat> um, they're playing a, a, a couple of different structures um, in terms of, like, where they're positioned on the ice. The first thing I noticed was in the first couple of games is the puck gets dumped into the zone, and if you can make a play on the puck, the first forward is immediately on that player, and then there's two supporting players in the vicinity, you know, in, in spread out where they can block a passing lane if the guy gets beat, or they're involved if the puck squirts by. So it's a very like it's a very intense forecheck when you can make a play. Now, if the player if the play is determined that okay. The defenseman has a lot of time and space. What the Rangers are doing is they're not sending everybody down. They'll send one guy down to right before the blue line. And they're almost like they clog up. They have one guy sort of in the circles. And then everyone else is in the neutral zone playing more man-on-man, avoiding those long passes that the Devils killed us with last year. You know, like from, you know, their, you know, goal line up the ice or from their circles to our our blue line so those long stretch passes are not open for the other team so it's harder for them to get in transition and we're clogging up the middle of the ice and then what laviolette is doing is the defensemen are and they seem to be skating much faster this year in general i'm not sure if that's conditioning or or what that is but schneider's joining the rush miller and we got to get to guff this gustafson too how good has this guy been this what guy was a, a healthy signing. scratch. Dude, he, for a, what did he get? A he minimum was on salary Toronto this Maple year? Leafs last year. Yeah. He was on the Maple Leafs last year. He was a healthy scratch in some of these playoff games. You know, I mean, and for, for Drury to, to see that ability, for Laviolette to really like him, I think it's a lot of foresight. And he's playing big minutes. Last year, our sixth defenseman was either Ben Harper or Mikola. And that was basically, okay, we have nobody else. Now we have this guy Gustafson, you know. He's he's our guy. We we don't want to be without him. So Gustafson right now, is right now he's playing surprises. like a top four defenseman on any team in the league right now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. The way he's playing right now, he's contributing not just defensively, but he's also outstanding offensively. He's on the ice for three on threes in overtime. Yeah, he's getting an opportunity on the power play with power play, out exactly. And Gustafson's not missing a beat. He's getting shots on net. So, and he's we're, we're paying him what less than a million dollars, eight hundred thousand dollars. It's, it's crazy. Incredible. It's crazy when you think about it. But quite honestly, this is the only year that Rangers are going to get out of him because I guarantee you he's going to get a long term deal. Oh, he will at probably yeah. four, five, six million dollars next start next year. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, it's and and that's the, that's one of the the things that happens in hockey. But you know, it's just it's just unbelievable that the commitment to defense. Uh, there's a couple of games. You know, we we had five four shootouts. We've had. You know, four, three wins. We've had games where we've had to come back to win. We've had games where we've given up leads and then come back and, and still held on. But the most impressive game, I think, was against Carolina. You know, we just went on a five-game, you know, long road trip. And out then west. Out in west. Canada. You figure you're coming back. All right. We're home against the Canes. Yeah. 
You were it's, you it's, you were thinking let down. You were thinking let down. It's it's not even a letdown. It's just dude, this team is just they they're chomping at the bit to get to the Rangers, and this is a Rangers team that let's face it has really had the Canes number the past several seasons, and particularly in the playoffs, and they want to beat us badly. And and the Rangers, you know, we got that early lead, one nothing, and then it's like oh boy, you know the the Garden. You could that was a of, there was no room for anybody to skate. I mean, you're talking about a defensive battle. I'm telling you, John, this was a war, this game. And Panarin able to deliver. You know, the Rangers are able to get that goal in the third. And they're able to, you know, the Rangers didn't get reckless. No turnovers. Uh, you know, no bad penalties. You know, they were able to. And, and I think that game took a physical toll on the Rangers. And because you were, we remember we discussed this when they went to Minnesota. I said to myself, "This three goal leads a mirage. This isn't going to last." I mean, this they they got a three. They were lucky they got a point out of that game because I'm saying to myself, that road trip going five and zero, and then losing guys on the way back, and then you have the Canes. I think that's when he, uh, Fox went out, and these other and there's other people got into these injuries. So we lost a couple of guys, and we were able to just patchwork a point. The Rangers are playing inspired hockey. The veterans now Mika hasn't been on the scoreboard a lot. He's got, you know, he's got points, only a couple of goals. That's going to improve. But Kreider has been just again another Tearing hot start up. for Kreider. Tearing 52 goals, then he has 36. Is Kreider that well? Now he's got 10 goals again. It's like mm-hmm. he's just so consistent on the power play. And if you notice as well, when Fox was in the lineup, they're setting up new systems where Fox will go down low for a deflection as well. So they're, they're opening up different lanes for different players to make plays. And then we cannot leave this segment without talking about Artemi Panarin, yep. who is right now the bread man, the front one, the front runner for league MVP. Yep. He is, he is the tied. front runner right now. I think he's now tied for, for second MVP in the league, league with 23 points. I mean, the guy has been unbelievable. He's. I, I think with the hiring of Peter Laviolette, and let me remind you, I wasn't very thrilled about the Peter the the, the, the Laviolette hiring. I, I I don't know. I don't know what it was. I maybe it's because I had this dislike for him because he was a head coach for the Capitals and for Carolina and all these Islanders, other teams, yeah. the Islanders. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. I just didn't like him, and right. now he's here. He's put a system in place. The players are buying into it, and there's been much-needed success. I I just – right now, I can't say anything bad about Peter Laviolette. No. There's just no way I can say anything bad about him because, quite honestly, he's come here. He's He's been given this roster, which is pretty much the same roster as last year with the exception of maybe one or two players here and there. Like maybe Blake Wheeler and Gustafson. We're not yeah. talking Gustafson and, and, and um, Blake Wheeler. Uh, no, who's the other th- uh, fourth liner? Um, Pitlick, uh, Benino, there you uh, go. Blake Wheeler. I mean, yeah. we're not talking that much change. So, I mean, there hasn't been a, a huge change. And he's just put in the system. We see a lot of good forechecking by the Rangers. We see defensemen and forwards being very responsible when on defense. We don't yep. see we don't see the defensemen pinching in too far down. We don't see the Rangers being beat on two and three on ones going the other way on the transition. 
We've seen a lot of good play out of the New York Rangers, a lot of responsible play by the forwards and the defensemen, and they obviously it's 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 quite evident that these players are bought into Peter Laviolette's system, and it's much appreciated now when you really think about it. Because quite honestly, I wasn't really thrilled with his hire. Um, I just can't say anything bad about him. The yeah. Rangers are scoring three point two nine goals a game. That's sixteenth in the league, but still they they've got quite a few number of wins. They're second on a power play, thirty three point three three percent. I think the only team ahead of them, I think, are the Devils. I, I, yep. I if I'm not mistaken, the penalty kill is sixth. They're at eighty six point six seven. They were a lot better than that. They kind of fell off a little bit, but they're still in the top ten. Uh, Face off percentage. Holy shit. This team has been looking for a center for years and years and years to come in here and save the Rangers on the faceoff circle. And Trocek has done that. He's way over 50% on faceoff. And quite honestly, everybody is doing their part on winning faceoffs, which is very important, especially when you're trying to win a faceoff in, in your own in your own zone. You're trying to set up a play to score on the, the, the opposition. I mean, it's it's just phenomenal what yeah. the Rangers have been able to do so far under Peter Laviolette. Igor anyway, out, you, you you had, you know, Jonathan Quick come in and he's done a pretty nice job. And then he yeah. goes down with the injury and guess who comes up? Mr. Pittsburgh Penguin from the playoffs. <laughs> he, who beat us who beat us on home ice. Yeah. Louis Domingue. Unbelievable, and he put up a hell of a performance. I think he gave up, what, a goal, two goals? I think it was one goal. I think it was was one goal. He had 25 or 26 saves in that game. It's unbelievable. I think it was against Minnesota, wasn't it? I think so, and Quick was was great the other night. He was. Uh, He was. He made some unbelievable saves. Unbelievable saves. The Rangers kind of got caught sleeping uh, a little bit, and and some of of the – so Quick has been great. Um, you know, Shesterkin has, has had some up, he hasn't been dominant, but he's been solid. And you know, for a fact that he's going to come back. He's only getting warmed up. He's only getting, he's just getting warmed up. And Fox was off to a hot start. You know, Fox, he has to miss a minimum of 10 games according to the LTIR rules. So I think he's missed like four or five. So we may see him, uh, you know, after Thanksgiving, um, you know, probably in December. Heedle, you know, we said this. He gets hurt a lot, and I think it could be the concussions. He took, I think he got into a collision in the Canes game. It was with somebody, and uh, you know he, you know, kind of got I think hit he square in the chest. Though I mean that collision was all chest, shoulder on chest or chest on chest, whatever it was. Could be maybe could be. Yeah, you know, I mean you know, I, he could have a bruise. Up. Yeah, I bruise mean, rib, probably, Who knows? Yeah, it could be anything. But I, I mean, obviously in the NHL, they never give the information to what. To specific injury That's to what a drives player me crazy, that drives NFL, me nuts. You, yeah, drives me nuts. Upper body injury, <laughs> lower body it injury. Could, yeah, it could be a hair follicle, it could be a testicle, it could be <laughs> a foot, it could be we don't know what it is. It's you just and then you and then it's like you, you learn when they come back, oh, you're suffering with oh, well, it'd be nice to know. Uh, we'd like a timetable on this. I know I don't play fantasy hockey, but I know the fantasy hockey players out there would really like to know, but. Heedle, um, you know, he has six assists in 10 games, so no goals yet, but I think he's a guy that we're going to need to go on any type of run. You know, I think Trocek has just, 
know, LaViolette really appreciates the gritty, hard-nosed players that forecheck. And I think that's why Kreider and Trocheck are getting a ton of ice time and they're really kind of leading this team. I mean, you know, Vinny Trocheck, he didn't complain, didn't bitch, didn't say, oh, you know, his game has been consistent all year long. And Hedl was doing well with Panarin and he was getting warmed up. And, you know, the Rangers need him to be that two-line second. If you have Vinny Trocheck on the third line, you know, with Kako and Cooley or, or Wheeler or whoever you put down there, you need a third-line checking line in the playoffs to go anywhere. I mean, that's just – we've known that from the Tampa teams that won, from Vegas, from all these teams that do well. The, the Penguins had a checking line. So you need that checking line to come in, loosen up the defense – you know, draw penalties and cause hell. And he's able to do that. And and with this opportunity, he's been worth every penny. And a lot of people criticize that contract. Oh, seven years, 5.7 million. He's getting near 28, 30 years old. I'm telling you right now, for, for what he's contributing right now and the faceoffs he's winning, he's worth it. Because Since every team, any, any team in contention would want to have Vinny Trocek on their team. Since we're on a subject, Hedo comes back tomorrow. Let's do go. you put do you put Keto back on the second line center? We discussed this offline. This is hard <clears throat> because is there's hard. two ways to think about this. Because quite honestly, right? before before you before you go on, the second line has been scoring a lot of points. Yeah, five on five as with, well That's with Trocheck on that line. Right. So, what do you do now? You know, Philip Heedle, who busted his ass in training camp who impressed the coaches for you. You don't just, it's not like, you know, Jim Dolan. He doesn't, Jim Dolan doesn't know what's going on. Okay. Drury knows what's going on. Okay. LaViolette winning pedigree with the Stanley cup appearances, winning a cup. He knows what he's doing. Right? The Rangers know they have a feel through the training camp. Who's ready to take those top six minutes. And Philip Heedle earned that spot. And by all accounts, he had a couple of games without any points, but he's had multi-point games. He's played great. He's a phenomenal skater, can win draws, lethal shot. He'll get on the board, but Heedle was making his own run like Lafreniere has been making. So now, do do you, when you bring him back, do you say, all right, we'll start him at the third line just to ease him back in the lineup and then move him? But, but Trocek is playing so well right now, and that line is humming. Maybe you keep Trocek on the second line. But what we don't want to see happen is what happened under Gallant. And I'm not saying this will, because Laviolette has control of this room, but he, Philip Heedle just did not play as well on that third line toward the end stretch of the season and then the playoffs. He just wasn't as impactful. I think he he wanted to be more, and I think he maybe deserved more. Um, now, Kako, we saw he got bumped. We saw that coming. No production. You know, we like the way he plays, but he's got down a third line. Now you're going to say, Heedle, oh, well, you're going to go back to third line? Well, there's also like, well, well, Kako didn't produce. Heedle has produced. Do you suffer, does his confidence suffer and scale back because he's moving down? But at the same token, you know, Vinny Trocek, he ain't going to complain. He will go wherever he's told to go. As long as Trocek is on the power play, as that bumper spot, which I think he's earned the right to be. Um, 
And in the past, we've said maybe that should be Lafreniere. We got to give Lafreniere some looks there as well. I I, I think that, you know, if I – I would put Heedle back at the second line. Um, You know, but but that's a tough call. I mean, it's it's very easy, John Carlo. I can easily see. I think it's going to be. A, we're gonna I think it. it's going to be a hard decision for Peter Laviolette to make that yeah. to make as well. It because is hard. quite honestly, Trotrek has been very successful in that second line. Panarin is on fire. Uh, do you want to mess with the, with the chemistry finishing. of that line right now? Yeah, but I mean, I I totally get where you're coming from. I it mean, could be depending on matchups. It could be on who you play against. If you know. The other maybe, team maybe Peter a, Laviolette will say, "Hey, listen, Hedl is back. He's going to have to take a sec, you know, second line center spot back. You're going to move down to three. You're going to do just as well on the third line. Just you know, do do your job." And like yeah. you said, I I, I think Trocheck doesn't is, have an ego problem. We we know that about Trocheck. Um, but any player that is humming and that's getting that ice time, someone else comes in. It, it's hard. So I think I think like the leadership in the room is very strong, and I believe that um, you know it'll work itself out for the best. I trust this coach to make a decision. I don't think any decision is a bad decision. I think when you play with Panarin and how good Lafreniere has been playing, if you know if he'll you know he may take a game or he may take a couple periods to get going and to find his rhythm, that's a risk you're going to have to take. I'd rather you do that now. Let's put it this way: if this was a playoff game. By no means do you take Trocheck off, because you have no, there is no, there the, the risk of that chemistry and that play and that production going down. You can't take that risk because it's so early in the season. I think you have to build this kid's confidence up and let him at least work a couple of games back in. And let's just say a couple of games go by, no points. Maybe he's a little bit lost. Maybe then you move him down, and then you run the risk there. But if Trocek continues to play how he's doing, you, you, I mean, Heedle, you know, you, you want to see him contribute. You want to see him maximize his ability. And is is Heedle a third-line checking center? I don't know. I mean, I is he more of he a – I think he's more of a playmaking, he's, he's a playmaking skating, yeah. back-checking, yep. mm-hmm. playing against the top six forwards, battling for pucks, you know. Vinny Trocheck overperforms for his ability. I mean, he's effort. I mean, he's 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 a talented player, but he's not Filipino. I mean, he's just not in terms of talent and what he can in terms of size, what he can do on the ice, vision, making special plays. Trocheck is hustle and heart, and that usually is a recipe for the third line checking role. And I think Trocheck has done admirably. It also helps to play with Panarin, who just seems to be the you know, the, the bacon bits and every ingredient to make everything taste great. And so I'm going to go long winded answer here. I, I really think that you go back to heat on the second line because it's earlier in the season, because you have some time to kind of let things play out. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's an urgency to keep that line together, but I do say if this was a playoff series, you got to leave Trocheck in, but let's give Heedle a chance to kind of finish off where he started and and get back in the groove. That's where I would probably stand. What do you what do you think? I I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I I do because just like you said, it is a long season. It's still early on in the season. I think Peter Laviolette is probably going to make the right decision and go with Hedl in the second line center and bring you know Vincent Trocheck back to the third line, 
where he's a better checker. I agree with you. Hedl is a better yeah. playmaker. But if he doesn't do that, I'm not going to be upset. Like no, I won't be either. They, yeah, so either way, I'm like okay with it. It's just a tough decision. That's all. I just I don't want. I just don't want, and we haven't seen it yet. And I just don't want Peter Laviolette to become, you know, uh, Gerard uh, Gerard Gallant, where he was constantly changing the fucking lines last year. It was so aggravating. I couldn't stand it. I liked the guy. I liked him as a head coach. I I just think that he wasn't very good at adjusting um, in game or in series, specifically that devil series uh, where the Rangers lost in the first round. I, I think the Rangers had a pretty good chance of winning that series. I mean, they took a lead in that series and they, and they end mm. up losing it. And game but, three, they were right in it. They yeah. could have won that game. Yeah. I think, you know, Gerard Gallant's decision-making probably cost the New York Rangers that series because he just could not, you know, come up with the right, moves the right system to stop the New Jersey Devils from pounding away on the New York Rangers. But, yeah. you know, that's history. That That's why he's no longer here, and that's why Peter Laviolette is here. That's why the Rangers have been so successful, because they're buying into a system. He is not yeah. constantly changing these lines. He's sticking with his gun. And you know what? The players probably, you know, are happy about that. But I do agree with you. I think if if Hedl, when Hedl comes back, he should go back to the second line because it's still early. But I do I do agree with you on that other thing to where if this was a playoff series, I would definitely stick with Trocek on on the second line as a center. And but we'll another see. thing too is that the matchup coming up against the Devils, they're down Hughes and Heeshear, I believe. Uh, I did speak to someone today that follows the Devils, and he says that they they both might be out. So that l- lends itself to Hedl. Okay. He's not going up against Hughes or Heedle right. uh, on the top six, so it might be easier from a matchup standpoint to get him back in. Uh, you hope Shesterkin can come back as well. We this is one more thing I well, want. I think Shesterkin is going to be back for that game against the Devils. Uh, that's, oh, that's he the wants rumors. To be. You that's, know that. That's the rumors I'm hearing. Okay, but that, that would definitely. But, be but good. again, you got to remember he's been out. He's been out a little bit, so mm-hmm. you know he might still have a little uh, rust, but. We'll see what happens. But from we what I'm need, hearing, he's going to be back. That's good. That's good news. And I think there's one thing. If we could maybe, you know, that first line wing, Kreider, Zabenejad, that's open. That's open for business right now. And Capo Caco had that chance, and he has not produced. And I love the way he plays, but he's he's on the periphery, Giancarlo. He's not getting to the middle of the ice skating through contact, battling through defensemen to get open for these rebound goals. You know, he's highly skilled. And in, in, in the corners, he can control the puck. And he has he has elite skill, but he He has hasn't not been, been able, able to finish. Right. you got to produce. When he's had those so, opportunities, he was not able to finish. Uh, it, it's you gotta it's produce. just so you frustrating. Can't have, you can't have two points in 14 games. You can't have it. Nope. It, you got to produce on the and now. If you're playing on the third line, no one really cares. You're a checking winger, right? But if you're a, if you're on the first line wing with Zabenejad and Kreider, and you're not producing, and you're not producing, and I just feel that he's not away from the puck. He struggles. He's not finding his way. You know, he'll he'll steal a pass. He'll keep it in. The effort is there. The skill is there. Um, 
he he back checks. You know, he he you know, so I think Kako can be a very big penalty killer for us. I think he could be a very good third line checker for us right now. I mean, we'll see what happens the rest of the year. I'll I'll check myself right now. I thought we I thought Lafreniere was going to be maybe on the trading block after a very lackluster preseason with some effort questions and and his conditioning in the past and I was completely wrong. And I'll be the first to admit that, that he is totally, his confidence level is the highest it's ever been. So I'll take a mulligan on that. That was definitely I saw something that I did not see. Yeah, but and you I weren't the only one either, dude. You were yeah. not the only one. I, I think a lot of people saw Lafreniere as a bust as, you know, a first, you know, first overall pick. And right. quite honestly, we've seen glimpses. He's got the talent. He's got, he, he's, he's a great puck handler. He's, he, he can skate. I see no problem with that, but the problem mm-hmm. with him was is he his work ethic, you know, was being talked about. Um, a lot of people think he had gained some weight. Um, this year, he's a totally different player. I mean, preseason is preseason. I mean, who yeah. who really looks at preseason as? I don't you know, know. Maybe we'd look too much stock in it, but it was from from day one. Laviolette liked him a lot. Right. I think he likes personality in the room. He's not going to show personality. But he really – that's the first thing. He's like, I really like this kid a lot. And it's like, you know what? We're going to give him a chance. And that's one thing we touched on in the earlier show that we did is that, you know, the kids under Gallant were kind of buried in the lineup. Third line. They were you know, being didn't held back. The young were kids being held were back. being held back. The Kane and Tarasenko's and, and the cops and the Vetranos, yes, they went on that run. But the development of these kids, they got top second minutes. Laviolette embraced that. And he's not accepting that, all right, well, if one's hot, we'll, we'll keep him. But how about Will Cooley? You know, we talked about this. I think if there's, I think Will Cooley should get a shot at that first line. Every time he's on the ice, he's going to the middle of the ice. He's, he's getting physical. open. He's pushing people around. Mm-hmm. I mean, him and Kreider on the same line with Mika, I, I would love to see that. I, I think that, I, I think it's almost, if to me, it looks inevitable that he's going to get a chance there. I don't know if anyone's been saying this, but Will Cooley for first line wing. I mean, I'm, that's my campaign right now because I believe that we can unlock a different, you know, a different level here of production if we can get him in the mix. What are your thoughts on that? I I can definitely see that he's been playing very very well. He's physical uh, against on the boards. He's physical, you know, getting a puck away from from opposing players. Uh, he'll he'll throw a punch. He'll throw his body. He'll mm-hmm. do whatever hell he takes to get that puck from whoever has that puck. Uh, I've been very impressed with his confidence level. I, I think he's shown quite a bit of confidence on the ice. He he might not score a lot of goals. He might not put a lot put put up a lot of stats on the stat sheet. But he is doing the little things that a rookie needs to do to impress his coach. And get him some more playing time and Cooley. I, I agree, man. It's a, it's a matter of time before he starts seeing more he scored mi- the more minutes. Goal against the Hurricanes. I think that was him in the third period. He got yep. the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't play a ton of minutes. I will say Blake Wheeler. He had a great career in Winnipeg. He's been kind of. I mean, he's kind of there. He's slow. Um, he's slow. He's slow, yeah. and I think that's the. Ch- I think Wheeler is going to be very effective for us, third or fourth line. But that's been the challenge where... with that's been the challenge with Wheeler. He's on a line with two players who are extremely fast on the skates. 
Yeah. They're all over the fucking ice, and he can't keep up with them. No, he can't. You know, um, and, and quite honestly, it was funny. After he scored his first goal the other night, um, I know they were talking about it during the uh, the telecast that, you know, that he, he's been a leader, but not quite the leader that the Rangers wanted him to be because he hadn't had a goal, and now he's got the goal. So now he's got the goal. He's got the voice. Like, no, I don't want to hear that shit. Just get on the ice, perform, score goals. If not, you know, Peter LaViolette has to do something about that. And quite honestly, he looks extremely slow with the talented slow. with the talent that he has on the line that he's playing on. Yeah, and, and honestly, you know, he comes to and he's out west. He comes to New York. Uh so the the production, you know, we're paying him eight hundred grand. So it's not it's not irritating. What I'm saying is I think pretty soon, because Kako, you know, he's had many chances. He hasn't got the job done with production. Wheeler, anybody can see it. He's slow. I love him on the third or fourth line. Any team would sign up for Blake Wheeler on the fourth line. He could be like a Corey Perry. He could be a Felipe. He could be very effective. A little bit of scoring touch with Barkley Goodrow on the fourth line. Sign me up. Um, You know, but I think Cooley, in my opinion... Deserves a shot. Um, I think he's the guy that that makes to what for what we have now, or will the Rangers go to Brennan Offman and bring him up? I think we're far removed from that still. Um, but I think Cooley right now. I've been pushing for it on Instagram. I've been. I mean, I want Cooley to get a shot. So well, maybe we'll see that happen. But team's playing great, and and the team is all kind of buying in and and playing their roles and. You know, guys who don't talk about a lot, like Braden Schneider, how good has he been? And Keandre Miller, just solid Truba. You know, not hearing Truba's name is a good thing because that means he's, he's playing good defense. And, good. Right. I mean, you know, he got that big assist on the Cooley goal and, and the Hurricanes game. And in big games, you know what he's about. And he's not taking bad penalties. Uh, you know, the, the, the Rangers are very disciplined. And, you know, it's it's fun to watch. And I'll say this, look. We're not going to go 11 and two the rest of the year. So if people think we're going to go 30 and six, it's not going to happen. Right. I mean, if it does, I'll be the first to correct myself, but there's going to be a time where, you know, we'll, we'll go 500 for a five, six game stretch, three and three, maybe go five and five. It's going to happen. So we got to be able to weather the storm, but it's great to have a good start, be ahead of the chains here, have a division lead. Um, and then we get the, you know, Shesterkin back and Fox is going to be, I mean, that's been the the most impressive thing to me is is defensively being able to move the puck without Fox, who really has all of your points on defense. Um, really happy for the group. Um, happy for Laviolette. So now it's basically just one game at a time and just grind it out until your guys get back. It's a long yeah, season, though. The, the hot start really has given the Rangers a chance to separate themselves from the rest of the division. I mean, at the beginning of the season, it was the Rangers, Islanders, the Devils and Islanders, top three in the division. And now the Rangers have separated themselves from the Devils and the Islanders. They've fallen to fifth and seventh place in the, in the division. You got the Capitals now in second. They're starting to put it together. You know, they put a, a couple of wins. I think they're, what, on the, uh, seven, two, and one in their last ten. So mm-hmm. they're starting to get hot. The Hurricanes... Uh, you know, they're, they're up and down at six and four in their last ten. The Penguins have, I think, won what three four in a row crosby with the the hat trick last night yeah um so i mean they've 
they've gotten off to a hot start. They've separated themselves from the rest of the pack thus far. Is it sustainable? I don't I don't think so. But I think, quite honestly, if the Rangers can continue to separate themselves from the rest of the pack in this division, they can easily run away with this division this year. If the if the Devils continue to have Hughes and, and um, Hishier out, they're going to continue losing. I think they're on a three-game losing streak, four-game losing yep. streak right now. They're struggling. And their they goaltending they hasn't score. been they're, great yeah, to their goaltending hasn't been very good either. So, yeah. you know, good for the Rangers to get off to a good start. They've gotten a nice lead in, in this division so far. Now yeah. now it's just a matter of, you know, continue playing, uh, you know, winning hockey and being successful and allowing these players to do what they've been doing all this time. And they're doing it without some of their key players not in the lineup. But, I mean, yep. Lindgren, I think, got back on the ice today. He's probably going to be back soon. I don't know how soon that's going to be. It could be, uh, it could be a few days. It could be another week. I don't know. Um, again, like we said before, he does, who knows when he's going to be back, but Shostarkin should be back Saturday against the Devils. So he should be in that, but I'm proud. I'm proud of Lafreniere. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many yep. times we've said, I'm so disappointed. Number first overall pick. So disappointed. Yep. So disappointed. And that's all we've continued to say. And he's finally starting to show signs of being that superstar player that we had envisioned him being when he was drafted first overall by the New York Rangers. So I'm happy for him. You know, I'm happy for for Kreider, who's having a tremendous season. Panarin's just incredible. Mika, I'm not worried yeah. about Mika. I I think Mika, he he's struggling a bit right now. He's he's in a slump, but he's gonna come out of it. He's gonna score. And goals. he's playing good two way hockey. He, I mean, he, he he's winning draws, he playing good defense. He's I think 14 games. He might have 10 points. So it's not like he's I'm not, for him, I'm not one bit concerned yeah. about Mika right now. Me, me neither. The goals will come. He'll have a hat trick one game. He's hit a bunch of posts. You know, he's had some bad luck. I mean, but he scored a game-winning goal uh, out west. So, I mean, th- he's going to score big goals for us. Not worried about him. 100% agree there. If not there was anybody him. on his roster that you're disappointed in, who would it be? We've touched on it before. Um, I'd probably say Kako just because other, of – Other than Kako. Other than Kako, I can't say Wheeler because he's just. I mean, I'm not going to say Wheeler. I think Gouj- I think uh, Goudreau. Goudreau. I think Goudreau's he just doesn't have a, a lot of playing time. Uh, no, he, he hasn't had a ton. I mean, he's he's been decent on the penalty kill. Uh, that's basically that's line. basically all he's been doing though. He's yeah. just he's just been playing a lot on the penalty penalty kill. That's about I could, it. You know what? I would like to see him. You know, if he was on the third line with Trocheck. And Kako, he would play well. So, Goodrow, I think, I mean, last year when the Rangers were struggling a little bit, you know, they put him on the first or second line. I, I think he could play anywhere in the lineup. Um, so, I guess the production could be on the on the disappointing side. But the, the, the way that he plays the game, you need guys like him. Because when you get injuries and that'll happen, he's going to have to move up in the lineup and play. So, um, again, I, I think if Cooley moves up in the lineup, Maybe Wheeler. I could see Wheeler on the fourth line, Goodrow on the third. But they like having Goodrow on the fourth line because he does provide a little bit of skill and an upside. You know, because you, you need four lines in the regular to, to last in the NHL. You need four lines that can play. So, yeah, I mean, you, do you want to pay a fourth line at three million dollars? Probably not. But it to me, the value is still there for Goodrow. Um, 
Kako's the disappointing to me because, you know, we gave him a two-year contract as a bridge deal, and I was hoping that playing on the first line, he would have his chance. Now it's kind of easy. It's very possible right now. If things go the way I could see Kako being traded by the deadline and there's a, you know, he's going to be a young player with no risk. He's not, he's not on any term, you know, I don't know how much you're going to get back for Kako, but if you trade Kako and, and a pick, you might be able to fetch a, a decent player that can put it, come in and, and play a lot of minutes and, and score goals with a veteran presence. So, you know, he's going to be a trade piece, I believe at this juncture until, you know, he ain't going to put up a lot of points on the third line. I don't predict that. So, you know, I could see a scenario where, you know, if he continues to not produce, I mean, he may go down to Hartford. I mean, if, and if he goes to Hartford, I mean, that's the end of it. And it's, and it's sad because I do like him. I do think he has a lot of talent and skill, but we don't have time to wait right now. I think when you go into an 11 and two start, I think you're like, you know what? Like we got to be thinking for the long haul. Does Kako have, have a two-way healthy. contract? No, I I don't know if he has a two-way contract, but I know that he signed his bridge deal for two years, and this is the last year of that deal. So, so they could still send him down. I I don't know. I got I I do have to check that. I don't want to say, uh, but you know, he the production isn't there. I think he would be a terrific third line forward for us, though. So even if we don't trade him, I'd still be fine with it because I think he provides a lot of value as a third line checking forward. I think he does a lot of things well, but I'm just disappointed because I just, still, I still think that his time is coming. His time is coming. I just feel like his time is coming. Like we've I been waiting. So. We've been waiting for Laffy to do it and he's finally coming through. Yeah. Hopefully he, he can has sustain to do it his... on the first line. That That's your chance. I know. And he just, I mean, he just doesn't get on the board. I mean, Lafreniere doesn't get a lot of puck luck either, but Lafreniere is scoring big goals, and, you know, he's, you know, Kako just, you like some of the things he does, but he's not, you know, Will Cooley, to me, has made more of his time in limited minutes than Kako has. And, you know, Kako's confidence might be a little shot right now. Seeing Lafreniere do so well, Cooley do so well, the team's winning, and he's not really a part of it, you know, I have to talk to my son. My son plays hockey at a high level. I, I got to talk to him about this. You know, it's like, even though your team's winning, that doesn't mean you're confident about your game. Well, what have you done? Right. You know, so Kako probably wants to contribute very badly, but he might be down on himself a little bit. And, you know, I'm sure the coaches and jury are probably, you know, talking with him about his game. But right now, you know, he's where he belongs. He belongs on the third line. But again, I don't, I, it's not like he stinks. You know, I think he could be a very effective player for us on the third line as a checker. And I maybe if he has the opportunity to get back on the first line, I'd love it. But right now it's I think it's an open it's an open speed seat. And to me, I think Cooley should be the guy to, to get the next shot. Um, but I totally you know, I'm agree. hoping. Yeah. So Patrick Kane was in the news. Not no no Rangers no more. <laughs> Rangers no more. You saw that, right? We're yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of rumors swirling around social media that Patrick Kane was looking to sign back with the Rangers this year. I, I just didn't see I didn't I didn't just didn't see how he was going to be a fit number one, but number two I was I don't know how the hell the Rangers were going to be able to afford him. Uh, I don't know what kind of money he's looking for, but it, uh, Brooks of the uh, New York Post finally uh, said that uh, there's no chance the Rangers are going to sign him. So kind of glad about that because quite honestly last year he was traded to the rangers 
And quite quite honestly, we felt like it was forced on Drury. Probably was. So probably was. I think so. He didn't do anything for the New York Rangers. He had maybe one good game in the, in the playoffs. And he but, took valuable ice yeah, from a lot from of the, the young other players. young players that yeah. had to wait. And I think that hurt their development, especially Lafreniere now. Um, but he was hurt, and I hope – I wish him success. You know, Tage Thompson got hurt for the Sabres. Maybe the Sabres bring him in if they want to you know, go on a run. Supposedly that's the rumor that he's going to sign with the Buffalo Sabres. As hometown kid. You know, that would be great for him. But he would mess up the chemistry badly right now. You know, all the – I don't know if team is open. Uh, so we got him for 1.2 million. I mean, I, I don't think now is he gonna is he gonna command five million? Well, that's a problem. We don't have it, and I'm not gonna move anybody for Patrick Kane under any circumstances. No, but absolutely not. If he came here for like a, a like a million bucks, all right. I don't see there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I mean, but depth is always if, good. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think last year he was thrown in, got a lot of power play time. It kind of messed up the flow a little bit. Um, yeah, but I you think know, but, now with the emergence of Cooley and with, you know, um, Laffey finally breaking out, I don't think you really need a Patrick Kane now. No, I don't either. I think you, you continue to let the kids play. You let them you continue to let them grow, and you continue to let them be successful. Because if you bring in a veteran like Kane, that's going to, like like you said, it's going to take playing time away from the younger guys, and what's the sense? Yeah, especially now this point, point of the season. I would say if the Rangers could use one more piece – I think a speed demon that can score goals, that can forecheck and kind of be a little bit of a pest. I I mean, I, I, I love Anthony Duclair a lot. I know the Rangers had him in their farm system, you know, 10 many years, many moons ago. But he was a big part of that Florida run. He's under contract right now for the Sharks. The Sharks think they got to rebuild. I don't know how the Rangers could make that work, but to me, he would be a great Piece. He played with Panarin in Columbus. They had great chemistry. He was on that very good Columbus team that swept Tampa Bay. He was on that Florida team. He's been a he is a player that is very fast, very skilled, plays the body, plays with a little bit of an edge. You know, he's not he's not the biggest guy, but he's still that the way that he plays, I think would be perfect for that first line. Or if Cooley jumps, he'd be a perfect third liner too. So I love him as a player uh, to possibly get, but you know, for right now, that's really the only guy that I think would be a great fit. I'm sure others will will think of uh, during the rest of the year. But if we can get one real speed demon to kind of skate both ends of the ice with the Hurricanes of the world and and the and the uh, Devils, that could do a little bit of scoring, and we don't have to like wait on him to score. Like we know he's going to produce. Hmm. I don't need 50 goals. Just give me 20, 25 goals. You know, give me you know, give me a little bit. Give me a little bit of production. So that's where I stand with that. But. So looking at the schedule, and this is how fucked up the schedule is this year. Like the Rangers are on a six-game layoff until they play the Devils on Saturday. So they're at the Devils. Then they play at the Stars, at the Penguins, at the Flyers, home against the Bruins. So they're going to be playing, what, one, two, three, four, the Sabres, five, so they're gonna be playing five games in the next what ten days after that. Yeah. So they're gonna be playing a lot of hockey, and they they got a pretty tough schedule coming up with the Devils, Stars, Penguins, Flyers. Well, the Flyers aren't really that great, but the Bruins, the Sabers—you never know what you're gonna get out of them. And the Red Wings are, you know, a pretty good team. 
So that's how fucked up this schedule is. Uh, yeah, the Stars I, is going to be a tough game. I want to see how they do there. They they beat Dallas last year on the last second Miller goal. We remember that. Yeah. Um, that was home. So that's going to be a tough. That's going to be it. So the Rangers, you know, the, the, the we're not going to win every game. You know, I think we need to. I think we need to play with our structure. Um, you know, there's you know Panarin is 14 game point streak. He's not going to get 82 points in a row. I mean, let's just. You know, eventually things will come down to earth a little bit. I think this layoff, I don't know if this hurts or helps the Rangers because they were playing with so much juju and good fortune that you almost want it to continue. It's almost like in baseball or, you know, when you have that, uh, the bye or you have, um, you know, in the NFL, you have that bye week and then it's like, you know, sometimes you're not in that rhythm. So, you know, we'll see. Well, the six-game uh, break probably came at a good time with with the injuries that the Rangers have. I would right say now. so. I would say in terms of the Shesterkin, especially Heedle, Fox, yeah, yep, uh, absolutely. So, but I know they got another break. I think in January, I think is when their bye week is. Uh, let's see here. Four, six, eight, eleven, thirteen, fourteen. Uh, oh yeah, no, no, no. Uh, it it appeared it, it appeared as though somebody was saying on a radio on WFAN the other day that their break was coming in in January, but I don't see a big break anywhere in January. I could be missing it. I don't know, but whatever. I, I either way, I it might have been February. Who knows? But I know that the Rangers will have another like six seven day break in in one of those months in the new year, either January, or February, or whatever the hell it is. But uh, that'll be good for them to, you know. You know, get healthy and whatever, just like they're doing right now. Yeah. So, couldn't happy have come at a better start, time. Man. So, later yeah, I know skating. I know what? What's that? No, we're just happy with the start, and oh, uh, yeah. this will be. It's. I mean, the Devils game, regardless of who's playing, is going to be is going to be a very tough matchup. So, no doubt about it. All right, Jamie, I took enough of your time. Appreciate it. Um, this Rangers season is looking really good right now, so at least we have one New York team that's probably going to bring us yeah. some, some joy uh, to this uh, to the end of this this year at least. Um, as far as the Giants are concerned, we utilize them. You, 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 I can't even get the Eulogize. word out. We, eulogize we the eulogy. them. Yeah, that's they're, it. They're probably, We're done. That's it. They're finished. They're uh, you know stick a fork in them because they're, they're. I don't think I really don't think they're going to win another game, but uh, I'm really excited about the Rangers season. So. Thanks again, Jamie, for coming on. I appreciate it. We'll talk again very soon. And uh, that's it. Peace out, you bro. Bet. Take it See easy. You, bro. Later.